All right, we thought this would be a good opportunity for you to get to know a little more personally your pastor and his wife, Pastor Mark, his wife, Sharice, and then my wife, Tracy. Uh, they're going to they're gonna kind of help us. What, we don't, we don't want to just tell you about this from a biblical point of view. We actually want to model it, how we do these in our lives, because these are spiritual disciplines that we all have active in our own lives. Now, we're not perfect at it. We don't do these spiritual different di- disciplines perfectly. In fact, I'm not even sure what that would mean to do it perfectly because we all do it probably a little differently. So that's why we want to do this kind of panel style. We want, you got, we want you to hear from these guys. How do they do prayer? How do they do Bible study? What does connection mean? How do they do giving? And so let's get into it, guys. Um, let's start with prayer. How do you pray? Pastor Mark, let's start with you. What does your prayer life look like? Do you just pray when you come to church and, and have a microphone? Is that the only time you ever pray? Yeah, that's right. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, my, my prayer life is, I mean, there's kind of different levels of, of prayer, right? There's kind of the quick little prayers we throw up, or there's the, the deeper prayers. There's the more um, intentional prayers, I would say. And, and so for me, I, I have different, different times and different uh, styles of, of prayer. Um, but one thing that was really transformative to me, and I'm, I'm, I was not always a Christian, um, and so I had to learn how to pray. Uh, but something that actually really helped me was starting off in the morning with prayer and not just like getting out of bed and, and, and getting up, making coffee and going about, you know, the starting the day and then sitting down to pray. I actually made a really strict habit of as soon as I rolled over it out of bed in the morning, just lifting up a quick prayer, huh. just a quick little prayer of, and it wasn't even anything, you know, that big. It was just kind of a God just help me to help me to focus on you today. And that just seemed to get me started off in the right way. So that's, that's one little, little prayer that I would do in the morning. But I also have intentional prayer, uh, usually later on in the morning, where I'm praying for specific prayer needs that I know about um, and things that we have coming up, where I'll spend probably a good half an hour or so uh, doing that. Okay, good. See, I, this is what I want to hear. I want you guys, because I remember growing up, when I'm looking at some of you young people in here, I didn't really even know what we were talking about with prayer. Are we talking about like, like a, a dinner prayer, like a prayer over a meal, like 30-second prayer? Or are we talking about like 30 minutes? And I remember as a young person, I heard a pastor one time say they spend an hour in prayer every day. And I was like, what are you praying about? Like what in the world? Like how do you? Because I think at that time I thought about prayer only as um, asking God for things. But prayer isn't just about bringing your request to God. Prayer is also about some other elements. Tracy, why don't you speak to that? And then I want Sharice to finish, because Sharice, I know you're a prayer warrior, and I want to hear your thoughts on prayer. Okay, I guess I'm not as much of a prayer warrior, so. (laughs) You are too, you are too. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Okay, so you guys, to me, I think something important to remember about prayer is when you read the Old Testament, you see what it required for the people to bring an offering before the Lord to be worthy enough to bring a request, required a perfect sacrifice. There was a lot that went into that. The priest had a lot of work to do, and only the high priest got to go in the Holy of Holies. But when Jesus came, he tore the veil, and we all now have access to that Holy of Holies room. So when you think about prayer, I hope that you could think about you have access to the God of the universe. You are in his presence. He hears you. He sees you. So for me, one of the things that I do in prayer is the PRAY acronym, where I start with the P of praise, where I just really spend some time thinking about answers to prayers God's already done in my life. 
um, praising him for who he is. And then I move into the R, which is repent, where I just kind of put myself before the Lord and say, ah, I've been working on self-control and, you know, the way I talk to people. I messed up a few times this week, God. I just want to continue to lay that before you. I spend some time repenting. Then I get to the A, which is asking. That's where I then bring different requests and different things going on. And then the Y is yielding, where I just kind of finish that prayer time, uh, just kind of being quiet before the Lord. And sometimes, you guys, that can be 10 minutes. Sometimes that's 40 minutes. It just kind of depends how much thinking I'm doing, how much asking I'm doing, how much repenting that I need to do. But that's kind of maybe a helpful tool for you guys. We have more resources on PursueGod.org about that. But the PRAY acronym might help you just kind of structure the way you pray. Yeah, to me, it still helps me. I still, I don't use it every, t- every day that I pray, but I use it oftentimes, especially if I feel like I'm in a rut. So if you want to pray for 30 minutes, this is a challenge I want to give you. Try to pray, pick a day and pray for 30 minutes this week, one, one of the days. Say, I'm going to give 30 minutes, if you've never done that before, and try the P-R-A-Y. Spend 10 minutes praising. So an easy way to do that is just take a couple of songs on your phone, worship songs maybe that we sing here. Two, two, one or two songs is 10 minutes. And just sing along with those songs and praise God for 10 minutes. That's actually pretty easy. Spend five minutes repenting, asking, thinking about just really giving God an opportunity to and, and asking forgiveness for some of the things in your week and your day. Spend 10 more minutes asking. That's not really hard, actually, to spend 10 minutes thinking about some things that praying for people in your life, praying for situations in your life, um, and then spend five more minutes in yielding. And that when I spend yielding, that's a good time maybe to journal. If you've never journaled before, that's a good time to just really write down some things that you feel like God might be speaking to you names that come up, ideas. And you know, you do that discipline, try that, and it's, it, you'll, you'll find out it really is like an awesome way to connect to God. It's very refreshing. And then maybe from there, you can just make that more and more of a habit in your life. Sharice, what does prayer look like for you in your life? What does your prayer life look like? Well, I, it was really hard to start. Um, so basically, many of you know, Mark and I have been through an addiction journey. And in that, um, I really learned how to surrender in prayer because I realized that everything was outside of my control. And I don't know, some of you out there probably know me pretty well. I'm pretty much a control freak. (laughs) Uh, Raise my hand on that. So control is a, for me, has been a problem. And it's because it's my way of, you know, being able to, control my universe and sit on the throne of my own life as the queen, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so what I've recognized is just through our addiction journey that um, repentance is the key for me. So in my prayer life, I spend a lot of time asking God to reveal in me, Lord, where I, I have dishonored you today. What have I done today that hasn't honored you? Because if it didn't honor him, it didn't honor any of you. So, and in the long run, it doesn't honor me. So uh, I spend a lot of time on that. So just kind of how did I get into that? Like, how did I get to that space? Just what you said, um, praise music. And I spent a lot of time in the prophets too, reading the Old Testament prophets because they spend a lot of time 
uh, trying to get people to repent. <laughs> so uh, I've read those prophets over and over again to really bring my heart into a humble place of surrender where I can go, okay, God, it's not, I can't do this, but you can. So she spent a lot of time trying to get me to repent. So. <laughs> yeah. That's why she really that read was the prophets. The control That's where, yeah. 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 How did these prophets speak to their husbands? Okay. So that's good. I, I like that. that. And really, that's, that's a good reminder for Sharice that even repentance is a discipline that you had to learn. And it's not just people who struggle with addiction. It's all of us because we all have sin. So it's learning to, I always say this to couples, is if you've got, if you have a spouse, if you have a good prayer life, man, it takes pressure off of your spouse because you're learning to repent to God and, it, you, and then your, your spouse doesn't have to pull it out of you. If, you have a, if, you, if your relationship is right with God, you have a humble heart toward God, a, a heart of repentance toward God, then it just makes that marriage so much better because you're not trying to crack that shell for your spouse because the Holy Spirit does it. That's good. Okay, so prayer is the first spiritual discipline. It's something that James did, that Peter did, that Paul did, that Jesus even did. He had, they had this spiritual discipline. The second one on our list, if we kind of go around uh, clockwise, is Bible study. So Bible study, or counterclockwise, Bible study is, uh, is actually a discipline. If you think about it, it's a discipline that really the early Christians didn't have because they didn't have Bibles. I mean, we sometimes we take this for granted that we all have these things. You have it on your phone. You have the Bible app on your phone. But the early Christians didn't have a personal copy of the Bible. That was something that wouldn't come for 1,500 years before the printing press. Books, books were things that only kings and scribes and prophets and princes had but the average person didn't have a have a bible so they actually couldn't really do bible study the way we can and and yet i think so many christians don't ever do this so bible study is huge for us today how do you guys do bible study mark we'll start again for you well i love the uversion bible app i don't know how many of you have that on your phone uh but yeah that's no, no that's an it's awesome thing for me right. that's that's really what um started me on reading the Bible. I actually read when I first started seeking God, um, Sharice and I made a, a commitment that we were going to read through the entire Bible together. And while we didn't necessarily end up doing it together, we kind of, she got ahead and I got ahead and we would kind of discuss it when we could. But that, that Bible app was really helpful to me because I could take it everywhere I go. That's one of those hard things is, is we feel like we need to have a physical Bible in front of us, but with technology that we're blessed with today, we really don't. So I, I have the Bible app on my phone. I'm, I'm usually doing some kind of reading plan in there, um, and I'll do that every single morning, usually right after my prayer time. And I also end up, you know, as a pastor, I'm preparing a lot of different things, sermons and stuff, so I get to do a lot more in-depth kind of Bible study during that. And that's, that's been fun for me uh, to be able to just kind of dig in a little bit deeper that way. Uh, but that's kind of the practical way I do it. So, so throughout the week, I'm doing some more kind of deep dive Bible study. But every morning, I'm doing one of those uh, Bible reading plans, whether it's more of a de devotional style or maybe I'm reading through a particular book in the Bible. It's, I'm changing it up all the time. Yeah. yeah, so there's devotional reading, which is where you might read a chapter a day or you might read, some of you might have a devotional that you're reading through. That's great. You might have a couple of verses. So devotional reading is sort of everyday type stuff. But then there's another level 
category that I would just call Bible study, like more intensive Bible study. And that's where you would, I would encourage you to actually have a commentary, a Bible commentary um, to read along, or maybe a study Bible. And that's where you just dig a little bit more. You spend a little, maybe not every day, depending on what your schedule's like, but maybe once a week. I would encourage, when I was younger, I would, once a week, I would really like spend an hour, maybe even longer than that, just really, like I'm going to study Romans 6, and I would pull commentaries out, and I would really like dig in and study and really try to understand um, that, that passage, sometimes on my own or sometimes in a Bible study group. So devotional reading on your own every day is really helpful but then making sure that somehow you're digging in a little bit more with Bible study. Yeah. Especially in our culture today, you guys, we're being inundated by lots of ideas, lots of truths. And so I think what we need to be conscious of is that God gave us his word. It is living and active. And it's also used to teach us what's true, what's right, tells us what's wrong. So it's our instruction manual for life. So living in the culture in which we live, if you want to know what does it look like to live a God-honoring life, well, then you have to read God's word, his heart for us, his do's and don'ts, not because he's a, a taskmaster up there that just wants to give us a bunch of rules, but because he created and designed us, he knows how we're supposed to work, how any instruction manual that we look at, what's the right way to build this thing, that's what the Bible is for the Christian walk. So read it so you know when an idea comes at you. Is that true? Is that right? Or is that wrong? So for me, that means I need to read it all the time. Um, every morning, I start my day doing some kind of Bible reading. Similar Cherise, to Mark. Cherise, do you have a tip for us on how you do Bible study? Well, one of the things that helped me a lot was teaching um, kids' church and also teaching, um, I was teaching a Bible class up at Leighton Christian Academy. There's my students over there. Shout Thanks. out. Shout out to the cute boys over there that help every Sunday. Um, that was a blessing to me, honestly, because what it did is it made me do the deep dive you're talking about. So I ended up buying um, Maxwell's Bible uh, books. They, there's a lot of them. 21 Qualities of a Leader, whatever. They're different. There's all kinds of books. I highly recommend that um, program. And just, yeah, diving in. And, and it, it, he has a Bible study also. So he has a Bible that's a Maxwell Bible that you can go and do that same uh, study resource for each verse and kind of get an idea, a better idea of what did it mean? <laughs> what did yeah. all this really yeah. mean? Right. But the main thing I heard you say is if you want to get better Bible study, sign up to serve in kids' church. Got it. That's okay. what I said. That's what I heard. I don't know about what you guys heard. That's what, I was that's a little plug for yeah, kids' little church. Plug. Kids' church plug. I like that. Way to go. I, I just love what, what Tracy was saying about in, in our world today, too, I think this is something that's so important because we know how mixed up everything is. This whole idea of my truth versus your truth and their truth and there is the truth, mm -hmm. and it's in the Word, and we are so blessed by that. I mean, yes, they didn't have Bibles, you know, back back during Jesus' time, but they would go to the synagogue to hear right. the Word read to them, right? It was important. So I, I just think we are blessed to have the Bible we have, yep. and it is, it is foundational to us as Christians to be able to filter what the world tells us through what God tells us. So I really love what you said there. Yeah, and I want to say this. I grew up watching every morning. My mom would be reading her Bible at, right at the dinner table, 
Every morning I would notice that. And I never saw my dad reading the Bible when I was growing up. And I want to tell you dads out there, read your words. Get in the word that's not just for moms to do, it's for dads as well. Now, I will say my dad now does. He reads the, he's a man of the word. I love that. He's learned that discipline. But early, early in my life, I didn't notice that discipline for him because he had to get to, now maybe he had the discipline, I just never saw it. You know, maybe he did like on the train. He would ride the train to work every day in Chicago. So maybe it's just I, I wasn't able to see it. So I would say parents, model this for your kids and, and make sure that your kids are encouraged to do the same thing as well. I know Tracy's really modeled this well for our kids. Okay, the next one is connection. Now, back in the day, we called this fellowship. So this is a spiritual discipline, probably more so for introverts than for extroverts. Because remember, a discipline usually has this connotation that it's hard. It's hard. I don't want to do it, but I got to do it, Right? And so some of you are like, that's not a discipline. I love coming to church. I love going to small group. I love connecting with other believers. So this one maybe is a little bit more, we're talking to you introverts that maybe don't naturally want to connect. You're good with the first two, but maybe this is the one that you need to grow in. What are are the spiritual disciplines of connection? Pastor, I'll let you start with this because I think there are a couple, couple levels of connection. There's the big group connection like this, going to church which we learned a lot in COVID, how important this is. But then there's also small groups as well. Yeah, I think, you know, it starts with, am I really going to put in the time to come to church, go to small groups? But I think it goes beyond that too. Uh, There's building those relationships, being relational outside of those dutiful areas, right? Church and small groups. We really want to, as a church, we should be concerned with other people, more than ourselves. That's what's so powerful about this connection. When, when we reach out and kind of force ourselves to do that, and for myself, I, I am an introvert, and, and as an, an addict, former addict and everything, I mean, I was totally selfish. So this did not come natural at all, at all to me. Uh, and so it's a discipline that I worked on. But, but the thing about these, they're called, you know, we call them disciplines. The thing is, as you practice them, they become more natural and easy, and not even just that, but you start to long for that. You start to long to be, uh, that's what I noticed is, I remember the first time we joined a small group, we used to just, we'd go to the Layton campus, go sit in the back, I just wanted to sit back there with my coffee, listen to a little message, hurry and sneak out, not say anything to anybody, but I remember you guys did this big push for the Grid series. And I remember Sharice leaning over and just saying, we should probably get plugged into a small group for that. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) So she kind of initiated it, but we joined. And, and man, it just, it really was transformative for me to get to know people, to be around fellow Christians. And we, we developed these friendships where we were doing things outside of just the small group. And as we, as we, you know, kept going along, I noticed, like, I longed for those relationships more than our non-Christian friends that we spent time with. I just started to notice this difference, and I started to, to long for that. So, yeah, connection is, was huge for me, and it was, it was a discipline at first. I want to encourage, too, um, I'll speak for Mark and Cherise, that another piece of connection really is serving. And... Um, I think I grew up in a family where we just would come to church. We were the first people in the seats, and then we were the first people out. And we were at breakfast, and then we were on with our day. So church was kind of a, 
check a box. And I feel like I missed out on so much of the depth. Now, ending up marrying a pastor and kind of coming along in my faith, boy, did I have a totally different experience with church being on the other side of it. But just how much I missed in my growing up years of, like you said, Mark, thinking about other people, realizing that I have spiritual gifts that need to bless the body and that there's things that I'm going to offer the campus or the church that that other people can't because God's equipped me this way to do that. So I want to encourage you guys as you sit out there, if, if this is your campus and you're not on a serving team, I would really encourage you also to find a way to serve. It is such a blessing for you in the end and connecting with people, but you have no idea the gift that you are for the people that come through these doors that are new and are maybe curious about discovering who Jesus is, and all of us, it takes all of us to do that. So, so don't forget about the connecting piece, too. It's small groups, it's mentoring, but it's also serving. Yeah, Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10.25 says this, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And I have to just say this, uh, this wasn't planned, but I have to say, two years ago, two and a half years ago, when we you know, COVID had shut us down. It shut all of our campuses down. Syracuse was the last campus to open up services. And when we met, I remember meeting with Pastor Jared and I met with the leadership team. You guys were involved before you were even on staff. Many of you were there in that meeting. Some of you are here today. And we were more concerned about talking about the fact that your campus pastor had just quit and resigned and was starting another church down the road. We were worried about that information and we as we were meeting with you guys we we were trying to get a sense for where your leadership team was and the first thing and the main thing that your leadership team said is when can we open up again and and they and you said because because our people need connection this this discipline our people need each other they need connection and we were so impressed by that response it wasn't about anything else. It was about getting, getting going again so that, so that we, could have, we could experience the spiritual discipline of connection. I just so appreciated that. That was actually the day I realized, Mark, you were going to be the pastor of this campus because I saw you and Sharice leading that charge, and I think all the other leaders did too. All the leaders affirmed that, they, even though you're an introvert, Mark, and a lot of our pastors are actually introverts, but, but, but God uses all kinds of people, right? You have a heart for people, you have a heart for God and for his word, and, and everyone should be involved in connection. So I appreciate you guys leading the charge in that. Last one, because we're gonna save mentoring for next week. Next week, the whole sermon's gonna be on this fifth discipline, so we'll save that for next week. But today, I just wanna give an opportunity to talk about giving, the spiritual discipline of giving. And Sharice, I know you've got, you're passionate about this. You wanna go all profit on us about this, I think, right? Is that right? You've been reading the well, prophets in preparation for this. Try not to do that. No, God just really put that on my heart and just kind of touching on the connection thing before uh, we get into the giving. Um, we're, I'm broken, you know, I'm, I'm a broken person and I need him. I need God. I need you. I need all of you. I need that connection because I am broken. I'm an extrovert. I do like small groups and I love going out and doing fun things like paint night and all that thing, all that kind of thing. But, um, at the end of the day, 
I lay down in my bed broken like so many of you do. And so uh, my heart's going out to you. And that's uh, because I was in that space and, and we've been through uh, so much as a couple. Um, and God has just done a miracle in our lives, just restoring our marriage. Just um, we tell our story for his glory. Amen. So um, just kind of touching on that. The connection thing is really important to me for that reason because uh, when I was so struggling in, in, in all of the brokenness, um, I had a women's group, you know, we had recovery group, we had so many people pouring into us and praying for us. And so my heart, God just did a thing. I went from being just a very selfish person. I, I don't consider myself an addict, but I'm addicted to myself. <laughs> and I love to reclaim the throne. Um, it's just a struggle that, he, that I have. And so um, really just reading the book of Acts and really just he planted that on me like, I have blessed you with so much. Um, I, run, I own a construction business. Um, thanks for the props on the hat, AJ. AJ, come in with some swag, thanks. Um, so that, you know, I'm, being, I'm a boss by day, right? Trying to live in the word, live uh, to honor God. But there's this struggle between that and my, in my personal life. And so I just have to go to him all the time. I have to go to God, and it's all day, all day long. Like, God, you know, I do, I make mistakes, and, I, and the Spirit's just like, you just judge that person. Nope, oh, there it is. You know, like, I'm always praying, God, just remove these uh, thoughts. Renew my mind. Give me something new. And so, just getting back to the book of Acts, it's, um, he just put that on me. Like, you own a business. I've blessed you with so much. I've given you everything. And so I really look at it, you guys. I know a lot of you don't, but, and that's okay. This is just my walk. But everything I own is his. Everything he's given me belongs to the kingdom of God because that's a blessing from above, and that's how I look at it. And so that's how we approach our money at home. So um, if I say, hey, let's go to have lunch, and we take you to lunch, and I pay for it, don't be mad. Because <laughs> that's just, that's how I roll, and um, that's just, I think that's how God meant for it to be in my home. So, yeah, You guys are generous givers. You were before you were on staff. You're still generous givers, and, you know, all of our staff members are generous givers. Here's the thing that drives me a little nuts, is some of our, high, some of our biggest givers in the church are staff members. I don't think it should be that way because I know what our staff members make and I know what the average salary in the state of Utah is. So I, my heart is that more people would, I think part of the reason for that is because our staff members are owners. Like we, we're not renters. You, ever, you know the difference between owning and renting? If you ever rented a home, I remember before I ever owned a home, I didn't treat my, the apartment I lived in or whatever, the house that we rented before I got married, I didn't, I didn't treat that with the same pride and investment as I did when I owned the home. We want owners at Alpine. We want people to say, this is my, this is my church. This is people who just really like are all in. And, I, and I, <clears throat> we want more and more people to be all in. And one of the best ways to show that you're all in is to be a giver. Now, we don't actually, and if you've noticed, we don't actually preach the tithe. We don't go around saying 10% is biblical. If you don't give 10%, you're, then, then you're uh, violating God's law. 
we, because I actually don't just, I just don't see it in scripture. I don't see that the tithe is something we need to legalistically preach. However, I still believe the tithe, 10% of your income is a great benchmark to shoot for and then to shoot past. So for Tracy and I, we, we, I don't say this to brag, I say this to, be, to pull the curtain back. For Tracy and I, we had a goal that our number one, the number one thing that we give to in our budget, if you, if you categorize everything, you know, house payment, car payment, grocery bill, all that stuff, think about your budget, the top 10 items in your budget. We, our goal was that giving to Alpine Church, giving to our local church would be the number one thing in our budget. And, and, and it is. It's, it's the highest thing in our budget. And I want, I want you to, I challenge you, if you call Alpine your home church, where does giving land in your top 10? Is it even in the top 10? Because I know for us, it wouldn't, when we first got married, it wouldn't even have been in the top 10 because we just weren't very thoughtful about it. We, we didn't, it wasn't a discipline. It was something that would, if a missionary came into town, we would give toward the missionary. If there was a giving campaign, we'd give toward the giving campaign. And we thought we were being generous by giving, giving here and there, but it wasn't a regular discipline in our lives. It wasn't a weekly or a monthly thing. Now it's a, it's a monthly thing, I guess. For, it just depends on how you do your finances. For us, monthly makes the most sense. It's the biggest check that we write. I don't know if it's even a check, but if it were a check, it'd be the biggest check that we write every month. And so I just say that to challenge you. Some of you maybe would say, I want that to be true for me as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a principle in Scripture that talks about where your treasure is, there's, there your heart will be. So where we put our money, where we invest more of our, our finances is where our heart will go. It's what we'll value the most. It's what we'll sacrifice for the most. So I just think for all of us just to be challenged, wherever you are in your journey, for some of you it might be, I, I might be able to afford 1%. I get it. Inflation's killing all of us, right? But give something and grow. Grow in the grace of giving. That's the principle, really. That's the spiritual discipline. Like, let's be mindful even about our finances. What do I invest in? What do I care about? If God were to have a conversation with me, he'd look at my budget, he could pretty clearly say, looks like shopping's pretty high on your list. <laughs> Eating, out, Eating out, vacation. Where am I? I, I gave my life for you. Yeah. Where, what, what, can, what are you willing to sacrifice for me? So just the spiritual discipline of giving, just take the challenge and be thoughtful about even the money piece of it. Yeah, and I, and I just want to say, too, I, I know that uh, we have some amazing generous people at this campus. We are, you know, the smallest campus, mm-hmm. um, but we have some tremendous givers. And, and, and I just want to thank everybody for that. Um, you guys are all an example to me. And, and so, um, yeah, I just know that we're going to continue growing in that way. And so I hope that that's an encouragement to some of you, maybe if you feel like this is something that I need to grow in, uh, just know that, that it is something that is a discipline, but it's something that does become a joy over time. Yeah. That's something that I learned as I, you know, grew in my Christian faith of, you know, giving to this this ministry or that ministry, and then starting to give to Alpine Church, and it, it did become a joy as I saw, like the things that I'm contributing to, right, to God's kingdom, to bringing people to Jesus. I mean, there's there's nothing more important that my money could be used for than that. Yeah, it's good. Thanks, Mark. Hey, would you thank the panel for coming up and doing this for us? Yeah, and like I said, next week we'll get to that fifth one, mentoring. You see it's at the top of our picture because it, we, we believe so strongly in it that we're going to preach a whole sermon on it next week. 
And so make sure to come back for that. But let's pray. Let's just spend a moment in prayer and just thank God. Lord, I just praise you for, uh, for your faithfulness in our lives. And I pray, God, for every, every young person in here. I pray for every husband and wife, every mom and dad, every grandparent in this room, Lord, for all of us, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, God, that you would allow us to grow in these disciplines. Lord, not, not to earn something with you, not to earn our salvation, certainly not that, but because we wanna be connected to you, and the more we're connected to you, we just wanna walk by your Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, God, I pray that you would give us the grace to grow in these disciplines. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen.